Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for High Velocity Radio. Welcome to the High Velocity Radio Show, where we celebrate top performers producing better results in less time. Stone Payton here with you this afternoon. What a marvelous conversation you are in store for here. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast with Renovada, Mr. Mark Havener. How are you, man? I'm doing I'm doing swell, as the kids say. I'm doing great. <laughs> well, it's a delight to have you on the show. I got a ton of questions. I know we won't get to them all, but maybe a, a good place to start would be to have you articulate for us mission, purpose. What are what are you and your team really out there trying to do for folks, man? We uh we work with business leaders uh, in, in particular, but businesses in general and organizations uh, about, uh, you know, getting them a better position in the marketplace. Um, and the way things are these days, uh, a lot of the tactics and strategies that PR and marketing professionals have used over the years are just falling flat. And we believe that's because uh, audiences and customers and clients and even vendors and partners and everybody in the world uh, has has infinite amount of choices on on who they can work with, who they can consume with, and and so they tend to uh, go after people that share values or that have a sense of purpose and vision. And so we try to unpack that with business leaders so that they can they can shine, you know, be a beacon of their industry and 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 resonate with people that share their vision. Well, you make such a good point about the the venues available to us to to have conversation and try to reach out to to, to people. I guess you've seen a lot of change in that regard, and probably have some pretty definitive opinions about what works, what doesn't, and and maybe even why. Yeah, I was uh, I was in an integrated marketing PR firm for a lot of years, and I started noticing um, even at the executive level just things were not working the same way anymore. And this was before the pandemic even. And, and I, I started realizing that a lot of these, uh, a, a lot of these marketing and PR strategies are built on antiquated minds, mindsets. And we have a situation where we are, we're in a world with infinite possibilities uh, with, without geographical boundaries. And, and we're still using 20th century tools and, 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 and strategies. And so, yeah, I, I found a lot of things weren't working, and and we had to we had to really disrupt it and and, and look at at other things that do work. So, in your work, do you find that some organizations and, and, and some leaders are just I don't know a better way to say it, just more resilient, tougher in that regard than others? Yeah, I think that uh, resiliency is, is isn't necessarily tied to the quality of a person or or an organization it's really tied into whether what your sense of purpose is because if you have a good clear defined sense of purpose and a vision that's laid out uh then then a lot of the things that that get other people down don't affect you let's say if social media blows up at you for some reason if you're content in your purpose and your vision then that that's not going to bother you and if you're in a world of uncertainty like we are really you need that foundation uh, to to be resilient. Now, why do you suppose, or maybe this isn't your observation? I, I'm making an assumption here, but my observation is that that even if if an organization, an individual starts out with crystal clear sense of purpose, it, it can get 
diluted. It can get lost in the translation. It's a, why do you think it's so tough to, to hold on to and, and, and reinforce as the organization builds? Or is that your experience at all? But yeah, I think that is my experience. And I, and the, the reason that the biggest reason I see this happen is because business leaders fall into the trap of running their organization or running their business and they become managers and they become uh, business operators and they, they stop becoming, they stop being leaders. And, and what that means is, is instead of working on the business or working in it. And so they are just trapped by the minutia of day to day. You have to rise up beyond that. You have to get managers in place that you trust that they can run the organization. That way you have the bandwidth and the freedom to pursue vision, which is really a business development activity and not really an operational one. So I got to know, man, what is the backstory? How in the world did you find yourself in, in this line of work? I, I got disillusioned, man. I was... <laughs> I was working I was working with clients and I, I wasn't moving the needle for them and I was feeling guilty about it and I was seeing a lot of turnover and I was seeing clients after client just churn through this agency and it was wasn't the agency I mean the people are really good uh it it, it and I, I realized that it's because we were um we were we were doing things that didn't actually help their business and their bottom line and the reason we were doing that was because we were taken in by the strategy that the client laid out. And that strategy was not built on purpose, vision, or anything else. It was just built on things like profit, revenue, margin, and all the things you need to keep the doors open on your business. But when you take it to another level, everything changes. And you can't really do that with a business partner if you are in an agency role. So I had to break out of that mindset altogether and start working with companies in a much more integrated way so I could help them deliver on their promise. And that's, that's how I ended up there. I just, I just, I was sick of things not working. So are you finding that you are gravitating to certain types of, of companies or industry sectors, or is there any kind of definitive characteristics of, I don't know, call it your tribe, I guess the, the folks you're attracted to and seem to be attracted to, to you and your work. Yeah, I definitely do feel attraction towards businesses that, that, that have a vision, but also that aren't, uh, commoditizing what they're doing. What I mean by that is it doesn't really matter what sector you're in. I have actually a wide range of sectors that I work with, but it's that, you know, your service or your product isn't just a service or product. It is something that in some way benefits the world, benefits the community, ben benefits customers beyond just a commodity. And, and that's because it's really hard to, um, it, it, let's say if you're, you're dealing with something like as mundane as a product that goes into a grocery store, like a food product or something. I mean, you, you can just be a food product or you can be a food product with a mission that's actually trying to accomplish something in people's lives. I would rather work for the latter. So I, I do get, I do attract to, uh, I, I am attracted to companies and organizations that really feel uh, a little more meaningful than ones that are just cranking things out for no reason except money. So you and I had a chance to visit briefly by phone. I don't know. It's probably been several weeks now. And I, I, I heard it then and I hear it in your voice now. And I know our listeners do too. You, you clearly are having a good time. You're enjoying your, your work. What, what are you finding the most rewarding about the, the work at this point in your practice? I, I think that I find when I, when my work is actually having an impact, I get excited about it. 
There are a few things I hate worse than doing something for no reason or doing something that doesn't move the needle for anybody. I don't want to waste time. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste waste clients' time. And this approach to business allows me to really see an impact every day. Like I know that the things I'm focusing on are actually going to achieve business goals. And that's just a great place to be. I feel I feel like uh, you know, I'm actually accomplishing something in a day. So how does the whole sales and marketing thing work for a guy like you, a, a, a practice like yours? And I'm asking because your arena strikes me from one perspective of, of being kind of crowded. I mean, how do you have to get out there and shake the trees like the rest of us? Or have you cracked the code in some other way? Well, I wish I had the secret code. That would be wonderful. But <laughs> I, I do believe I have a successful approach. And, and that's um, I, I don't focus as much as on, on, on acquisition or on a sales pipeline as most, I think, companies and organizations do. I'm more interested in cultivating a strong long-term relationship with my existing clients. And um, I'm by an airport, so you're hearing some rattling as people are taking off. But <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I, I really am interested in cultivating relationships and being integrated in their business so that I can have a meaningful impact. So I might not have a huge pipeline, but I have very strong tenured clients that stay with me. And that approach of of just doing the right work with the right people means that instead of chasing clients, they come to me. I'm, I'm much more of a, a, I mean, I'll attract people that are like-minded and business just kind of happens naturally as a result. I, I think that the years of acquisition and paying for that and years of, of, of having a very uh, uh, regimented sales pipeline is it, it's just too costly these days to do that. You really have to build up your platform so that you become much more visible and you become a larger part of the conversation so that people come to you rather than you chasing them. Well, and, and doing good work, and as you put it, doing the right work with the right people, that's a, that's a pretty strong sales tool, <laughs> just doing right. good work. Right? Well, your pool's going to be much smaller, so you don't have to compete as much. <laughs> you know, you just <laughs> show up. That's, that's a much better place to be than having to outrace everybody. So have you had the benefit of one or more mentors throughout your career, and, and, and specifically in this kind of second chapter of, of yours to to help you navigate some of this new terrain? You'd be surprised when I, uh, yes, the answer is yes, but you'd be surprised who. I'm actually learning far more from the younger generations wow. than I am from more experienced ones, and in, in, in particular Gen Z and some of the business leaders that I work with that I have the opportunity to work with. They are they are fun, a phenomenal force of nature. And and the reason is simple is because they've they've grown up and lived and existed entirely in a world of uncertainty. For them, this is their natural habitat. And I believe that business leaders have a lot to learn from this young generation. They're already starting businesses. They're already making waves in the workplace. And and I'm, I'm learning a great deal from them on places like TikTok. And, and, and the, mm. <laughs> it's just amazing where, where the mentors are. The roles have flipped. So let's talk about the work a little bit. I'm particularly interested in in what takes place early in, in the engagement cycle. But you, can you kind of walk us through at least the front end of the process when you begin to to start working with a with a new client? I think this is true with most uh, people in my role. But you, you, there really needs to be a period of immersion with a client to fully understand uh, not only what their business is but what their business goals are. Um, and in fact, I think that. 
uh, more partners and consultants could spend more time on business goals to make sure they understand really what what the business leader is trying to accomplish. And once once that's clear, then then we find the reason why. You know, first of all, why do you have these goals? Secondly, uh, why do you have this business? Why, why are you doing this? Mm. And and the reason can't be profit margin, all of those things. I mean, that's just that's a given. Why 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 above and beyond that? And and the reason can't be about the business or the business leader either. It needs to be about something that they're trying to fix a problem in the industry with their clients, with their partners, with their you know with their community, with their world, whatever it is. The reason needs to be external. And once we've identified that and we understand that that reason is an authentic one, that it's a meaningful one, is one that they actually are built to fulfill, then we can create all of the messaging and sales material that go along with propelling that. So I'm I'm sure every situation is unique. There have to be so many idiosyncrasies in in your work. And I suspect that you've been at it long enough now you've probably come across some pretty consistent patterns where you may not say it out loud, but when you're initially working with a, with a new company, you're like, yeah, to your, at least to yourself. Yeah, I've seen this before. <laughs> Are there some like common mistakes that maybe some of us could just, maybe we could uh, reduce the friction and shrink the timeline and just avoid them all together when it comes to, to some of the tactical aspects of, of what you're helping your clients do? Yeah, there are, there are common mistakes. I think that one of the big ones is just trying to be everything to everyone. Mm. Uh, I, I think almost every company can better target their audience and not just in a practical marketing way, certainly in, you know, finding the demographics and the psychographics that work with their product, but, but just in, 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 in the values that you have and the people that you're taught that, that you want to work with. I mean, as a consultant, even working with people that are like-minded is way more important than getting a paycheck. So I will, you know, turn down business if we're not aligned. And I think that more companies should do that because then it's less of a grind. Now you have synergy and that's true with business to consumer too. If you're, if you're, if you're trying to reach audiences that could care less about your product or that are completely the wrong generation, uh, then, then you're wasting time and money. You know, it, it, I think so many companies say, well, my audience is the world. It's mm. not, it, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's somebody in particular <laughs> and, and really identifying who that person is, uh, is, is critical. So where do you go? And I don't necessarily mean a, a physical place, but when, the, when you're running a little bit, when the tank's running a little bit low and, and you need to recharge, where do you go for inspiration to kind of get, refueled and, and, and ready for the next challenge and, and opportunity. How do you get your inspiration? Uh, I can answer this in two ways. Just on the day-to-day, um, I try to force myself to have 30 minutes with no inputs. Hmm. And that usually means just going out of the backyard with a cup of coffee and just sitting without the phone, without anything but my thoughts. Uh, I think that's a good idea as a reset because I tend to find clarity of thought um, I, I tend to find problems solved just by sitting there. And I, I, so I do that on a daily basis. On a weekly basis, incredibly important for me to to get outside. And so I, mm. I, I, I live by the ocean, so I do paddle boarding oh, or I go to the beach and things like that. And just, just completely unplug, get next to the water. Um, and I guess in both cases, places I find inspiration are silence. Just me and myself oh. and my thoughts. Uh, and I, I, I really thrive on that. 
So now that you've made all of us insanely jealous about <laughs> living so close to the to the ocean, I, I would love to to leave our listeners and candidly myself with a couple of actionable items. I, I'll call them pro tips. Just to, and number one pro tip, gang, is is reach out and have a conversation with with Mark or start to tap into his work. But maybe a couple of things we could be reading about, learning about thinking about just so that we can kind of get on on the right track with with some of these topics any counsel you'd have on that front would be would be fantastic yeah i think one easy thing to do well it's not as easy as it sounds but is is that, that relates to all of this is just to write down everything that you do in a day as you do it and just keep a list throughout the entire day at the end of the day, look at that list and go through each item and decide, is this actually helping me achieve my goal? Mm. And if it's not, you need to decide where that task can go, if somebody should do it instead of you, or if it should be rejected altogether. Having that self-reflection on a daily basis puts you in the right mindset of really just focusing on the right thing. Well, I'm really glad I asked. I think I'm going to take a swing at that. I I, I got to confess, I haven't been doing that, but it sounds like it could be, well, it could be a little sobering. But. Yes, it is. <laughs> and you do it, if you do it frequently enough, you find out you never should stop doing it. It's so hard to get, you get lost in the weeds. All right, man, let's make sure that our listeners do have a way. Let's make it easy for them to connect to tap into your to your work whatever you think is appropriate linkedin email website i just want to make it easy as we can for them to uh to reach out and and, and connect and, and uh, be able to access some of this thought leadership yeah, i think the best place to reach me is on linkedin and just look for me mark havener m-a-r-k-h-a-v-e-n-n-e-r um and my website is renovata.vision and uh, you can find me there as well well, Mark, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show this afternoon. Thank you for investing the the time and the energy to, to share your perspective and your insight. You're you're clearly doing important work and we, we sure appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. All right, until next time, this is Stone Payton for our guest today with Renovata, Mr. Mark Havener, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you in the fast lane.